0: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to... Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Do you ever feel like in the beginning that you have to say it differently each time to give some variety? I do, but I did that in the beginning where I started saying it differently, and then I just fell into saying it that way every time. <laughs> so it really just... Now I'll be like, and I'm mad again. Like, I have to like... But I also feel like Mix there's a certain expectation from our listeners that we're gonna do it the same way every time. I <laughs> but we
1: gotta throw them off the game a little. Gotta you guys can't you get up. don't get too comfy. You don't know get what I'm complacent.
0: <laughs> um okay. What are we what are we talking about today, Keegan? I also wanna let them know before we even get started. Oh, okay. We are pre-recording because we're both going on vacation. Right. So Again, every time we do two episodes in a day... The second one is going to be weird. (laughs) Things get loopy, man. And so that's what's happening right now. Um, But we, today, are talking about... A very exciting topic, Mm -hmm. the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Manic Pixie Dream Girl! So, the dictionary actually does have a definition for Manic Pixie Dream Girl. It sure does. And it is, Noun, especially in film, a type of female character depicted as vivacious and appealingly quirky, whose main purpose within the narrative is to inspire greater appreciation for life in the male protagonist. And this
1: term was coined by Nathan Rabin in 2007, who found it grating, believing as a result of wish- fulfillment of stir-crazy writers.
0: Right. So in a review he had for the movie Elizabethtown, which not a good movie haven't but, seen it but whenever I I actually watched it recently yeah um, but whenever I was a kid I saw it in theaters Oh, that movie came out in 2005 so I, I was 15 I saw it in theaters and I was obsessed with Orlando Bloom so I liked it it was quirky in the way that 15 year old me enjoyed yeah but it is in no way a, a masterpiece of cinema right well and we're gonna talk too
1: about how these Manic Pixie Dream Girls do become a source of in- inspiration I feel like for a lot of women oh for sure as for, a me, for blo- sure Oh, same for me. As a blueprint of what we are expected
0: to be in the male, case. and it's incredibly problematic. It's incredibly problematic. So um, Nathan Rabin, yep. in his um, in his review for Elizabeth Town, when he was talking about Kirsten Dunst Dunst character Claire, he said. "...that the manic pixie dream girl exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries." Sorry cat if you can hear is having that. a
1: great time outside the store. Yeah, if
0: you can hear that, it's that my cat is just having the time of her life, which Matilda deserves to have the time of her life because she gets bullied by Hicks quite a bit. Her, my cat, I know we don't really actually discuss our animals as much as you would think, but like my cat Matilda, um, her one true joy in this world is, her, is ball. her ball. She loves playing with that ball. Like she <laughs> plays fetch. She will entertain herself for and then, hours. And then Hicks will like see that she's having fun and be like, "Fuck you," and he'll like. Yeah. And her
1: fun and, like, and start fucking with her. And I love Hicks. Hicks, Hicks, Hicks is the sweetest my boy, cat in the world, but... But
0: he bullies Matilda hardcore. He does. Hardcore. Um, okay, okay So that definition, I'm just going to read it again because I feel like we got distracted by cats. Yes. Um, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mystery. Exactly. So, this can also
1: be kind of mirrored to, I want to bring up, if something you've probably heard of called The Magical Negro. Oh, yes. You know about The Magical Negro? Of course. Good. Okay. So, I found most of this information, by the way, on TVTropes.org. It's a great website. It gives you a lot of great examples. I kind of, like, started clicking on lots of different and stuff and learning about different tropes and it was very fun. So the magical Negro is there in order to show the world that minority characters are not bad people, one who will step forward to help a quote-unquote normal person with their pure heart and folksy wisdom. Right. And um, And yeah. they're usually black and or poor. They step in, usually in clean white suits, into the life of the most privileged, and almost always white, central character to enrich their lives.
0: Yeah, I think Morgan Freeman has played this character many times. Or many the times. Legend of Bagger Vance with Will Smith. Yeah. These characters that kind of, they, they step in to teach you a lesson and then they magically yeah. disappear.
1: Yeah. Even Will Smith and Hitch, even though he's the main character, he still is kind of the magical negro helping like the white men in his life become right. better people. Things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and there um, is... Yeah. Stephen King is known for this to the point where Key and Peele did a skit wondering if Maine, where King grew up, was full of psychic black people. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so if you watch The Green Mile, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I love but the that Green is Mile. a good example of the Magical Negro. Right, and of this kind of, like, kind-hearted, soft, who's there to teach you a lesson. Yeah, And that's the same thing with the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. She is there... And it's very problematic, both for the Magical Negro trope and for the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope, because they are there fully as a side character, not as, like, autonomous individual human beings. They don't have any depth. They are there specifically to uh, help the
1: male protagonist move forward in their story. She is typically stunningly beautiful, but doesn't know it. And white. We're gonna talk about race uh, a lot. Yeah, energetic, high on life, and full of wacky quirks. And but really cute
0: quirks, not like but weird not weird. Quirks. And that's
1: something that I talk about later in my notes too. Where when I when I was a young adult, I felt that I was always expected to lift up the men around me to be quirky but not weird, smart but not smarter than him. Have dry, sarcastic humor with a potty mouth, and most importantly, to be aloof and cool with everything. So, and that effortlessly for me, cool. effortlessly yeah. cool. And that's something for me that that's what I took away from that. And when this character trope became popular in like the mid early 2000s, sorry guys for my phone going off, um, it was something that I was like, this is what guys want. They don't want to hear about my past, they don't want to hear about my feelings and my emotions. They just want to see me for being cool and aloof, and I, I should be smart, but not too smart. Like, I, well, like I'm weird. Yeah. like i weird. I'm a weird person, and I was trying to suppress that into just being quirky. And then as soon as guys really get to know me, they would be like, she's crazy. Right, okay. And that was really heartbreaking for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and there's kind of a thing here where... It says in this Atlantic article men grow up expecting to be the hero of their own story. Yeah. Women grow up expecting to be the supporting actress in someone else's. Oh, and so beautiful. it's so true. And using Elizabethtown as kind of like an example of that, she swoops in at a time when Orlando Bloom is at his lowest, yeah. right? He is going to commit suicide. Spoiler alerts ahead in case you've never seen. Elizabeth. I've never seen it, but I'm okay with that. And she kind of swoops in, and all of her honestly, preposterously quirkyness, with all of this like energy, writing a map for a stranger, and kind of like at the end of the movie, this man she's known for a week, she and I thought this was the coolest thing ever when I was fifteen. But she yeah. creates a map for him to have a road trip back from Elizabeth Town to Portland. Elizabeth Town in like Kentucky, back yeah. to Portland, and she creates this map for him and a soundtrack. And yeah. as he drives through each each location on the map, it's it's timed perfectly with the soundtrack, right? Right. And Which so is it's, cool. It's very cool, but like, but unrealistic. Yeah. And then. Another characteristic of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl and the Magical Negro is that they kind of dissolve into a puff of glitter whenever their purpose has been fulfilled. Right. They're not a
1: lasting thing because you can't uphold this facade because the Manic Pixie Dream Girl does not exist. As soon as she she, is still a real person.
0: As soon as she got into a relationship with the protagonist, all of that kind of like amazingness that you saw in her would fade away, which is what we saw in 500 Days of Summer. I was just
1: going to say, can I start talking about 500 Days of Summer? Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, for those of you who have not seen the movie,
1: spoilers ahead. So, Tom falls in love with Summer, and Summer warns him many times through the course of this film that she does not believe in love as she views it as this fairy tale like notion. But Tom gains his own tainted views toward the po- prospect of a relationship with her. And he's like, why, why won't you love me? But we had sex and like blah blah blah, this whole thing. So we are predisposed to see Summer as a horrible person because we see Tom's character develop and not hers. Tom is the main character of this story. And in the beginning they're like, when Tom was young, he believed in love and blah blah blah. When Summer Summer was young. She, Her parents got divorced and she cut off all of her hair in anger and blah, blah, blah. So we see the difference between the two characters. But we are following the lovesick one. So we are on the journey of the lovesick man rooting for our protagonist. Therefore, Summer, being a real
0: human being... I felt bad for him when I was young and first well, saw this movie. Well, I mean, movie. I think we've had this conversation when we talked about Say Anything, it's designed to make you feel bad for it him. It is, because though, it is from the male perspective. Right, even though Summer did nothing wrong, even yeah. though Summer from the very beginning was very clear with her thoughts and yeah. intentions, we still feel bad for him because we have this idea of what the manic pixie dream girl trope is supposed to be. And and
1: because he feels so strongly for her and loves her so much, we feel that they should end up being together even though Tom really is not right for summer and so summer breaks tom's heart and ruins his views of love and he's this broken shell of a man and then zoe de chanel really through her whole role in this film is just to bring tom up except for a beautiful monologue at the end of the film that basically says i changed my mind i'm allowed to change my mind and because she fell in love with somebody else she's engaged and tom is like why couldn't you do that with me blah, 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 blah. Why wasn't I good enough for you? And she's like, no, it's not about you. I'm allowed to change my mind because I found somebody that doesn't just see me as a thing or as an idea. Right. But as a real person. Yeah.
0: And and in that way, I think 500 Days of Summer actually kind of turned the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope on its head a little bit. It did. In that it made her a fully realized person. Yes. Who had needs and wants that were outside of Pushing your storyline forward. Exactly. So it shows the dangers of idolizing women as
1: things rather than respecting them as real people with their own complex outlooks. But the issue that I've seen is that most of my guy friends that I've ever spoken to that I'm like close with, when I talk about girls with them, is like, I want like a Zoe Deschanel in 500 Days of Summer.
0: Right. But I also, okay, I think they want a Zoe Deschanel period because right. she became kind of like the, the face, face of, of Manic, Manic Pixie, Pixie Dream Girl. But if you've seen 500 Days of Summer, I don't know why you would say that. But because a lot of like...
1: people still don't see... like there. It depends on how you want to see that movie. And I feel like there are still people who see that and want want a girl that's going to teach them things and a girl that's going to turn their Sorry, lives it's not on their my, head. it's not my fucking job exactly like, and that's what I'm saying is that even though because I didn't I watching that movie when I was younger I didn't watch it and say oh wow it really changed my perspective about that woman no it changed my perspective of how Tom should look at love so when he goes to the job interview at the end and he meets someone named Autumn it's showing that oh look he has another chance to make things right that was my takeaway from it when I was younger as a feminist grown woman now watching it, I'm able to see uh, Summer's importance in the story and to see her as being the heroine of the story as well. Um, But I feel like if you don't want to
0: see it as turning the Manic Pixie Dream Girl on his head, you won't see it that way. Well, I feel like that's everything in general. So uh, when it comes to Manic Pixie Dream Girls, like not just Zoe Deschanel, although she has become kind of the, the, the face, face of that. Yeah. Um, it's also uh, your Natalie Portman's in Garden State. Mm-hmm. It's also your Kate Winslet's in Eternal Sunshine and of the Spotless Mind. Eternal by? Sunshine.
1: That it's, was another one. That's another one that I always think of when I think of Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Right. And but it, even she tried to turn on his head because where's Well, where's she her had quote? problems. She had problems, but she also says, where? Here is the quote. Too many guys think I'm a concept, or I complete them, or I'm going to make them alive, but I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. So even she tries to kind of be like, look, I'm not going to be that person for you. Yet, because the movie is in
0: the perspective of Jim Carrey's character, we are seeing, we are rooting for him for the most part. Well, I mean, and it's not just in the perspective of that character. I think a lot of these movies also, what you have to understand is that they are written by men. Yes. So these men have this concept of, well, what they want to help propel their male characters forward. Yeah. And to self-actualize, in a way.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because it veers the audience away from the typical, like, hot girl next door. Like, the nerdy, usually chubby video game-loving guy having a thing for the hot, blonde, popular mm-hmm. girl next door, it does kind of turn that on its head in a way, but then it becomes this other trope of, I mean, even then, that is that is still kind of pixie Dream Girl because you're seeing this hot, popular girl and not necessarily for who she is as a person. We're just seeing her as being this blonde... Bombshell. Right, all
0: of all of these are so it, this idea of all of this is, is sexist because what you're doing and what all of this has in common is that you're removing autonomy from yes. women. So you're, I feel like most men
1: though would say, Oh, but I'm trying to show that it's okay to be in love with the nerdy, quirky
0: But only a weird very girl. very Specific, specific aspect of nerdy and quirky well it's something it's that i love nerdy and quirky in a way that's like really weird that, or that's real yeah or, yeah <laughs> that's legitimate it, it, it's but it, it's, it, it's an aesthetic you're falling in love with an aesthetic yeah which i think is a problem
1: i was a big fan of chloe grace Moretz's character in 500 days of summer because there's some quote that she says because she's the, the little sister of tom's character joseph mm-hmm. gordon levitt's character and she's like she's not your soulmate just because she likes the same weird crap that you do yeah like she sees it for what it really is and like i like that they had that character in the beginning of the movie because it does make us think a little bit about like okay yeah you both like the smiths and you both like oh yeah she's really weird she helps you break out of that shell but you can't take ownership of that person and think that your soulmate's if not both people feel that way you have to be able to like step away from that then right and
0: I think it was very damaging for girls at this time because of course I was coming of age you know at the time when the manic pixie dream girl I feel like was kind of at its height it was Garden State it was 500 Days of Summer it was uh, Zoe Deschanel going into the new girl and all of that stuff it was it was that and so for me outside of it being like I'm not that person because almost every single time it's it's a white girl and that yeah. it, it wasn't something that was attainable yeah. for people yeah. of color for girls of color but outside of that I did like indie bands and I liked all of that stuff and so I did think okay well if this is something that guys like then maybe I can monopolize on the fact that I do like Belle and Sebastian and Camera Obscura yeah. and like that I'm, I'm kind of interesting and quirky yeah. in that way well that's but, what's
1: interesting though is that eventually Nathan Rabin kind of uh, disowned the term because no, he felt like he did it was making all all quirky women, like, they were calling every quirky girl the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, right, and that's but, not the case. But that's
0: also, like, yeah, the, the point that I was trying to make, though, with that is that it, sorry, hold You on.
1: felt like you could capitalize,
0: even though you weren't of the same, like, skin color. Of, right, But but I couldn't, because, yeah. because in these movies... Almost never is this a fully realized human being. No, so you can get you can get the guy doing that thing, like totally. I, I did that. You cannot, maintain but you the you guy. can't maintain it because it's like okay, if you're using these movies as kind of like a how-to guide. Right. Yeah. then what next? Yeah. It can show you how to get a guy interested. It can show you how to get him on his feet and get him in a good headspace, but it can't ever show you what to do next. And it's not an equal relationship. Yeah.
1: I've felt it kind of from the other side, even as a more grown woman, without it being intentional. I had a situation like a year and a half ago where I was in a play, and I was really good friends with this guy, and I... I don't really know how to turn myself off from being who I am because I shouldn't have to, because I am a quirky, weird, inappropriate person. And I, like, just for example, and we can cut this out if we want to, but like, I was like chatting with this guy a lot. I gave him rides and we like became really good friends. Chris was out of town and we both wanted to see Doctor Strange so he's like let's go see the movie together I'm like okay cool like most of my guy friends would like text me from outside and be like hey I'm here and I'll like come to the door and like get in their car and go and he like comes in and he's like all dressed up and my mom is there visiting me cuz it was like thanksgiving time and she's like you're going on a date and i'm like no i'm not no i'm not going on a date she's like yeah you're totally going on a date and it comes out later that like i'm the only girl that ever understood him and like he's so in love with me and that's why he can't hang out with me anymore and like um, even his roommate was like, I can tell that you're unhappy with the guy that you're with and you should be with him because he's going to treat you right. And I'm like, he doesn't really even know me. He and knows he the, the side of me. Of you. Exactly. And that's something that I've said to guys for years because it's like, just because I don't know how to turn my own self off, I'm not going to pretend to be shy or be standoffish because that's not who I am
0: because I want to gain
1: real relationships well, and friendships with people.
0: Regardless, I don't see why no one... Else has ever asked to turn themselves off. So exactly. why would you? Exactly. There's so, no reason why you would ever like. That's fucking his problem. That's not your problem. Exactly. But it was
1: made to seem like it was my problem. And he's like, "Don't worry, I'm not going to be bothering you guys anymore." Which okay, made me fucking feel by though. Right. But it made me feel really, really upset because this was somebody that I genuinely felt was my friend to find that he was only putting in an effort because he was hoping that I would leave my boyfriend who I introduced him to, brought him into my house. Look, I have a dog, I have a boyfriend. I have a very domesticated life in that sense and I'm very set in my ways. This, and I've made it very clear that the person that I am with is the person that I am going to spend the rest of my life with. It has already been decided and that is not going to change. And the fact that he had the audacity because of the way that I spoke with him and was friendly to him that suddenly I owed him something
0: Well, was incredibly and it, it, It's beyond necessarily, like, even owing him something. It's like that is a danger in these movies. That is part of the danger in these movies the same way that we've discussed how, like, women romanticize um, certain aspects of, like, rom-coms where yeah. it gives us certain expectations. Yeah, it's okay for guys to treat us like shit. It gives yeah. men's... These types of movies give men certain expectations where if you meet a girl who's fulfilling you in this way or they're making you feel alive, yeah, that that must mean... You're the only mean, girl who's ever understood me. Right, that that must mean that you that are meant so to amazed. be together.
1: And it's not. It's me being an empathetic, loving human being who cares about you and wants to be your friend and wants to be there for you. And also, everybody else in that whole circumstance saw him and another guy... Uh, being like, oh, they're totally in love with you. They're totally in love with you. And to me, that was incredibly hurtful because I'm like, isn't my friendship enough? Right. Aren't I enough just being a person and not necessarily being as something to be well, but, yeah. one? Man- or Manic
0: pixie th- dream girls are not fully actualized human beings. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: they saw one aspect of my life. They saw me at play practice or when we were all hanging out together. They don't see me when I am completely broken down and crippled by my anxiety and depression they don't see me when i'm having a bad day like that and i always say that to people i'm like i may seem like i'm like a great idea but like ask my boyfriend i can be tough sometimes just like he can be well that's every fucking human being because we're um, people well yeah but i I am not an idea and i'm not saying i'm i'm the ideal man dream girl i'm not saying that at all but i'm saying that I feel that it has been problematic in my life because of the turn of its popularity being around the same time as me going into young adulthood and the way that I felt I was expected to behave and the way, in turn, that even when I decided not to behave that way, that men reacted to me. Does that make sense? Yes. No, it
0: it, it absolutely makes sense. I felt like I just rambled a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, But it, it, it does make sense, and it absolutely, I think is a direct result of us having come of age at a time when this was expected of you or if you were very interested, as I was, in independent movies, in independent music. Because yeah. I, I was. I didn't listen to the radio whenever yeah. I was in high school. That's me now. I listen... Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm late to the game. All I do is listen to podcasts now. I don't yeah, listen to the radio. True, but true. I didn't listen to podcasts when I was a kid I or in high school. I listened to indie rock bands, yeah. or I listened to singer-songwriter bands, or yeah. I sought out music that I thought was kind of, like, interesting, and I did get into a lot of... But you had also, already happened
1: to have been interested in that stuff. You I, I was interested you in it. You weren't like, I'm no. just
0: going to do it for the sake of some I, guy. I was interested in it regardless, but what it does do is it puts you in a place where you end up in conversations with people where you're like... Oh, where, well, where guys will oftentimes say something to you like, oh, you probably wouldn't understand. And you're like, actually. I do um, understand. Their third album is my favorite album. And this is my favorite song on that album. And it gets you sucked in. And then in that way, they think that you are so, like, interesting and fascinating. Oh, you're not and- like other girls. Exactly. Exactly. And at the root of it, that's what the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is. It's yep. you're not like other girls. Ugh. Which is the most discussed. Because what's wrong with other girls? There's nothing wrong with other girls. But
1: yet, when we hear it, we still think we're so special because yes. we want to be different than everybody else. We've been and, conditioned to believe and, that that's a compliment. But that, but this is the thing. is It's not a compliment, one. But also, I want somebody to look at me and say, you are unlike anybody that I've ever met. It's not right. that you're unlike any other girl. It's like, you are you're unlike special. anybody that I've ever met because to me, you're special. I see you as who a you special are. person. Yeah. You're, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with other girls. It's just, I see you. But they you. will say it like that. Which they will. Which is problematic. Which needs to change. And even if you mean it with the best of intentions, realize that uh, the way that it's being said is not helpful. I love other girls. So I think other
0: girls are kick ass. I, you know?
1: I mean, a lot of the things that I've learned in life as far as fashion choices, music. Uh, podcast to listen to, advice, it's mostly from my fellow woman. Yeah. Other women are the people who have helped form me. Yeah. You know what I mean? To the person that I really am, when I was younger, I felt like I was very much being formed by male, from a male perspective. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I feel like it's my women around me who have really helped me find who I am, and I've said, I like that about that girl, I like that about that girl, this seems to be, like, something that is me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have there been any, like, specific instances that you can think of where you felt like you've been victim of this magic pixie dream girl, or even of the magical negro in some way, where you felt Um, like you were a secondary character?
0: Oh, um, I mean, I think my whole life I felt like a secondary character. Yeah. I really had to examine that at one point in my life where I had to even think about... Because the... the black woman is usually the best friend, too. Right, right. And so there are all aspects of this. I really had to examine at one point in my life where I even thought about the dreams I was having when I remembered my dreams and if they were romantic dreams. I really had to stop and think, like, am I even envisioning in my own dreams that I'm the main character of my dreams? Yeah. Or am I a side character in my dreams? Am I in pursuit? Is it always a romantic comedy in my brain where the woman is typically not the main character and if she is, it's in a very problematic kind of way where the guy saves her. Bridget Jones Diary. Right, right. You know, and and again, I love these, I love Love romantic comedies. I love romantic comedies, yeah. But for me... I think I always wanted to be the manic pixie dream girl, and I had all the attributes of that. Yeah, I wore vin- I wore vintage clothing. I listened to indie music. I yeah. I did the pinup girl thing. I did all you of were that friends stuff. With of guys, I was yeah. friends with tons of guys. I wanted to be that cool girl. Yep. But mm-hmm. I feel like feel what guys, <laughs> cool girl could have its own episode. But oh, yeah, I feel and like what guys wanted of me, especially having grown up in a very white space, was black women are not the manic pixie dream girl black women fulfill another stereotype oftentimes where they're kind of like the earth mother they're kind of like they can be soulful in that way but they're never girly or childish i feel like it's the earth mother
1: and it's also um like a sense of i what's the wording i'm looking for they might be sassy. Where it's like, sassy, but also like, I dated, I dated a black woman, so I don't fall into X, Y, Z. Oh, sure. Or I to I, say that they've had that, that, the they had that to, to be dated
0: more so. I feel like that I've to seen To check it that. off the list. Yeah. That definitely was something I experienced fetishism. Or where yeah. they're just like, I I really like black girls. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was fetishized in a way, yeah. where it was something to check off of a list. Yeah. But I do think, when we're talking in terms of like, manic pixie dream girls, it's like... Black women are not often seen because there is an aspect of manic pixie dream girls that is childish, yes. and and black women are not often seen as childish. Well,
1: because they, t- I feel like even black women can tie into, and correct me if I'm wrong, but can tie into the magical negro in a way, whereas the manic pixie dream girl mixed with the magical negro right. to create this soulful. funny sassy best friend who tells it to you like it is or if they're dating you they're here
0: to give you advice to help you get your fucking shit together to show you a
1: different culture or a different whatever which is fine a different perspective
0: you should share your perspective Mm and different perspective
1: especially if you're with somebody who is of a different skin color than you Um, but that should not be your sole reason to being in love with that person or for being with that person and then once you've gotten what you want from that person to leave or to stop treating them as a human and
0: with respect. Right. I think the issue with like manic pixie dream girls, magical Negroes, all of these like tropes is that you want these people so long as they fulfill this purpose for you to, it's a stepping stone, right? Yes. Like you're using this person yeah, as a stepping stone in your life to get you through one period of your life. Yeah. They say that
1: a lot of times the Madness You Dream Girl in movies is like coming while you're in mourning from a past relationship. Like they're right, coming you're in when you really spot. need it. You're at a really low spot yeah, in your you've life. You've experienced a death. You're depressed. You lost your job. And they are there to show you what life is all about. Which right. Which I want to make Loosen this the tie. Dance in the rain. Exactly. It, there's nothing wrong with showing people that there is a better side to at life. All, no. But it is wrong if you are the person on the receiving end to uh, boil a person down just to being that existence. Right.
0: Right. I mean, and, and again, it's just because since it was the movie that had him coin the term and I watched it recently, if we're talking about Elizabethtown, her purpose really was him. Mm-hmm. And the relationship was incredibly one-sided. Yeah. You, you don't see anything about her life that he's helping her with. It's a very one-sided relationship. It is all about her helping him through this time in his life. And yeah. he doesn't have to really give anything. No, He's taking, taking, taking from her. Yeah, And if she's fine with it, and it's fine. But, like... The second she may need something. Is he going to be there? Or is uh-huh. there a relationship all about... Or he's going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. No, th- hey, thanks for the help. But this is too much for but me. But I don't need you anymore. I'm yeah. I'm better now. You yeah. know what I mean? Thanks for showing me what life was all about. I'll really appreciate that mixtape, but like at the end of the day our relationship was built on you helping me, not me yeah. helping you. You know? Um, I really want to
1: watch this movie by Zoe Kazan called Ruby, <gasps> Ruby Sparks. Sparks.
0: Have you seen it? I haven't, but I really want to watch it, too. I really want to watch it. Uh, it's about Cause a male... I love Paul Dano, too. Yeah,
1: it's a male writer who is struggling with his writing, and he essentially creates a woman based solely by his imagination. And it is a manic pixie dream girl woman. I read it is. some yeah. about this movie. And at the beginning, it is seen as, like, romantic and positive, but as time goes on, we see the dangers of treating individuals as concepts or objects, rather than as people. And I think that shows a really because it is entirely in his imagination. It is not a real person. And even then he is slowly able to kind of see, you know, we are able to see where this is like, okay, this is getting into a weird situation. And I learned about something else that was really interesting to me. Maybe you read about this. The algorithm defined fantasy girl. No, tell (laughs) me, tell me, tell me. It is basically manic pixie dream girl, but with robots or uh alternate like intelligence. What? Think about, like, um, what's her name? Like, Joey or Joey in Blade Runner 2049, which I I I haven't seen. I never saw
0: 2049. Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies. I know it is. That's
1: That's why I wrote it down. Have you seen her? Yes, her. Okay, okay.
0: It's like alternate intelligence.
1: What's is it? Alternate intelligence. What AI, are artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Thank you. It's basically that where it's it's in your imagination. It's something that isn't real and uh, yet. Well, it's like, Lar- finding it's like in the real girl. It.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yet it's finding attachment to something. Well, I mean, I think that that is what it is with with Ruby Sparks. I think the idea of like you you can create someone who's perfect for you, but is that what you need? Do you know what I mean? Like, No. Cause, cause when in, yeah, <laughs> because it makes it way too easy. It's too easy. You need someone who's going to challenge you. There's yeah. something really wrong with people who... Not wrong with these people, but there is something wrong with the idea of wanting to be with someone who doesn't ever challenge you, ever.
1: This is interesting, and I didn't think about this before, but you bring up a really good point. So I was a really big fan of How I Met Your Mother and it's, it's uh-huh. kind of hard for me to watch now. It is, yeah. But there is an episode all about a couple that challenges each other versus Lily and Marshall who are like, they've been together for 10 years and like, they agree on everything but honestly, most of the time they agree on everything because Marshall is just so non-combative and Lily is such a strong personality that he'll just kind of go with whatever she says mm-hmm. just not to rock the boat and because he just wants to make her happy which is fine. If that works in their relationships... And some relationship, relationships work that way. It's fine. But then Ted also always looks at their relationship and compares his relationships with women where he's the worst at relationships and nitpicks at them. And in this particular episode, it's about when he's dating this girl who is trying to tear down or no, who's trying to preserve this building that he wants to tear yes, down to build that. the new like uh, uh, bank or whatever for Barney's company. And like they argue about everything. Like they can't agree on anything, which that is not...
0: Healthy either. Uh, healthy
1: either. But they're showing you two very drastic differences. And basically, Marshall is kind of the person that's like, no, like it should be easy. It should be easy. And like, yes, relationships should not be a constant struggle. If you feel that you are constantly having to work with a challenge, that's not okay either. But I also feel like there is an issue if you look at Lily and Marshall's relationship because, um, I mean Lily is kind of a manic pixie dream girl in a way. I think a lot of and She's kind Robin. Of bossy. But yeah. and Robin too. I feel like both of them for the most part in the series were seen as um ideals and they weren't as fully actualized eh, throughout the series maybe a little bit here and there so don't, you know, fight me on that. But um I feel like it's interesting to look at the differences and how Ted viewed his relationships and how we were supposed to think that Lily and Marshall were always the perfect couple, even though there were times where I was like, the way that she is treating Marshall is not fair. Well,
0: and here's the thing. Like, I believe that my relationship is very, like, equal, and I do believe it's very easy. We, We don't fight very much, but you don't have to fight to be challenging each other right? I think we hold different views and we can have conversations where we are able to articulate why we believe what we believe and have those conversations and yeah. we can challenge the other to think about things differently yeah, and I feel that's like, important but I feel like
1: people my whole point I guess in that yeah, whole yeah. rambling thing was that if it's hard it's not worth it is I feel if it's like what's hard. seen a lot. No, if it's too hard, it's not worth it. But I feel like it's seen that like the reason that oh, Lily and Marshall it. were always seen as the perfect couple is because it was, it was easy.
0: so yeah. easy because one person always gave in. And you know which what? I don't think is I don't think it's healthy. At I all. don't think that's healthy either. I do think that. Part of the purpose of the Manic Pixie Dream Curl, part of why she manifests in, like, a puff of fucking, like, whatever. Purple glitter. Glitter. um, The reason why she manifests sometimes is to challenge the protagonist. It is to, like, get him to, like, see things in a different way. The only problem with that is she is not actualized in a way that's, like... Real. Yeah. It's all to serve, it's all for his benefit. Yeah, and he is not helping her in any sort of right. way. Right. It's and and that's not how Which life we should, works.
1: We should be supporting each other. Yeah,
0: it's it should be about challenging each other to see yeah. things differently. Yes, yes, you should have someone in your life who wants you to embrace dancing in the rain. You yeah. should have someone in your life who's able to do listen that. Listen to Taylor Swift's Fearless album. You'll feel it. <laughs> <laughs> listen listen to that. But you should also have somebody who's able to no, ground yeah. you in like a really Real and not oppressive way. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's something you know, not just to always just be
1: like, "Oh my god, my boyfriend's so great." Because no, you know, we're talking we about have our own, We have our own issues, so we're going to you know, talk but, about our boyfriends, of course. right? But something that I've always really appreciated is that he will call me out if I am victimizing myself, if I am being too self-involved, if I am doing those things about myself that I know that I tend to do sometimes uh-huh. and want to catch myself on and he is able to you know it's it's always hard to hear that from somebody when they say things Yeah, but he has a way of saying it to me that is still loving and understanding and calling me out on it to make me a better person rather than to say it to put me down, because I have had relationships where they will say things like that, and it is to put me
0: down. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, and there are a couple other things that I kind of want to touch on as far as, like, uh, manic pixie dream girls before I kind of, like, lose my mental place. Okay. <laughs> um, I, the manic pixie dream girl trope is, we've already touched on the fact that it's usually white. Mm-hmm. Women and their protagonists are usually white men. Yeah. In fact, I can't think of one that wasn't. Um, Me either. But it's also very heteronormative, which I think a lot of people have had issues with and taken an issue with the fact that it's it's always straight couples. I cannot yeah. think of an instance of. Can you imagine like a lesbian movie of two manic pixie dream girls? Or but one that wasn't, one that wasn't would be like I think the. Have you ever seen Blue is the Warmest Color? I haven't.
1: I really want to see it, but I wonder because I know one of them has blue hair, which I know doesn't mean that she's a manifestive dream girl, but it's an
0: indication of a free spirit. It
1: is because usually the Pixie dream girl will have like colorful hair or like wear super weird things. So I'm wondering she's if quirky. there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like it, I wonder if there's some sort of like Element indication. Of that?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch that and get back to you on that. I'm yeah, sure. yes, and if you've seen it, let us know what you think.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think also the other thing that I kind of wanted to touch on when it comes to manic pixie dream girls is especially within feminism and just like in in our society in general, I think that there is something of a not I don't want to say demonizing. I feel like that's too strong of a word of being girly and being yeah. and having kind of like a childlike wonder, and we kind of see it as like, why can't you be more serious? Like there was an episode of the new girl where I think it was Lizzie Kaplan's character was kind of like a very far more serious, and Zoe Deschanel was like, I don't understand why you don't like me, and basically Lizzie yeah. Kaplan was like. I you feel like too much glitter. Yeah, I yeah. do too many polka dots. I feel like, grow up. Like, be, yeah. a, be a grow up, grown-up adult woman. And she did have this kind of, like, monologue where she was like, that was a great so monologue. what if I, like, like cupcakes and kittens make me cry? And I have and touched glitter within the last 24 hours. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that's who
1: I am, and it doesn't make me She's any also less. She's a teacher, right? Like, an so. elementary teacher? Yeah, and, yeah, like, it also is one of those things where it's like, you live your life, you can be a grown-up, and you live your life, kind of like in cohesion with those kinds of things like I take care of children for a living because I feel that I do have a childlike sense about me I like to do arts and crafts I like to play I like to be weird and to me like those two things go together right I don't have to be in a business suit and looking a certain way when but also, my yeah. life
0: like yeah. I can be a grown up and still enjoy all of those things yeah and also but also like if that is who you are don't feel like you need to fit into this other stereotype it's, it's totally such a weird if you are, kind of... if you
1: are a more mature type of person like there's nothing wrong with that and believe it or not the super mature straight laced woman in a pantsuit can be friends with the kindergarten teacher who's got you know putty under their fingernails and glitter in there. Because they hair. balance each other out, yeah. You can, like, you don't have to be in competition with those other people. Right. And I feel like that is something that just TV tropes in general do, but I feel like, specifically when we're talking about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, it does create some sort of competition as well. Right. Again, because all of these movies and all of this narrative is within... It's by the male gaze for the male gaze right yes and it's written from
0: that perspective yeah yeah can
1: I talk about a man who has written about the manic Pixie dream girl who has tried his hardest to get it right? <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um. I went through a huge John Green phase, oh, which John I'm Green. sure a lot yes. of us did. Yeah. And he has been scrutinized for the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but I feel that he has at least attempted to make it be seen as something that is problematic. And that is in two examples that I am going to say now. I read The Fault in Our Stars first, loved it. In that story, it's actually kind of the guy who's the Manic Pixie Dream Person who comes in just to make a difference in the girl's life. He, it he can does. be argued.
0: He he does yes in that in that sense. I would say yes, but I also feel like he is so much more like self actualized. He
1: is he is. But some people have said that he could be seen as a male equivalent. Yeah. Anyways, that. but we're not going to talk about that book. We're going to talk about Looking for Alaska. Have you read it? I have not. It's fantastic. I fell in love with that book. I started writing a screenplay about that book. I'm obsessed with it. So, Looking for Alaska, there's this guy, they go, they're like at a boarding school and there's this kind of like nerdy kid who like, totally falls head over heels in love with this girl and the idea of this girl. And then she goes missing. And he spends all of... And it's, it's kind of the same as Paper Towns, which I'm also going to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, but he has such a strong idea in his head of who she is. And as he starts learning more and more about her and and the real problems she's been through, having slept with other guys, you know, the fact that she may be quote-unquote, ooh, promiscuous, or, you know, she's it's She's not, not what you imagined in your head she was. Yeah, therefore, yeah. she is not you know she is not right and that is also yeah, something... it determines
0: her worth in a way that like it exactly
1: shouldn't. and they talk about that a lot in this season of um 13 reasons why too mm-hmm. which i really appreciate so th- he that was kind of his first attempt of being like look just because you have an idea of this person doesn't mean that she can't like she's still a real person people are never one-dimensional
0: yeah they always have aspects they have pasts. yeah human
1: beings yeah but people read this book and they still didn't quite get the point. So people start reading Paper Towns, which mm-hmm. he did make a movie out of, which makes it even more... Um, with Cara Delevingne, right? Cara Delevingne, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with uh, fucking, what's his name, who I love, uh, the brothers, Alex, no, they were the naked, naked Brothers band on Nickelodeon. I don't... I never watched that it. That was but before I remember my time. Them. I remember like commercials. <laughs> or after for my it, time, really. But I don't remember what they were called. But I love them. Nate oh Nate Nate and Alex something. Anyways, so they in this movie, it's the same kind of thing where this girl, like they have the guy and the girl, the girl's popular Um, I found it interesting that they chose Cara Delevingne. While she is a very beautiful woman, she is a little bit more unconventionally beautiful in the way that she does have a little bit of a different looking face. She does, yeah. Um, But in the book, she is described... I don't think she's a very good
0: actress, but... She
1: is not a good actress at all. Anyways, that's not the point. So I thought found it weird that they didn't cast somebody who was a little bit more stereotypically traditionally beautiful. traditionally beautiful, because that is kind of how she's written into the book. And then like they have this crazy night of like vandalism and craziness, and then all of a sudden like he goes to school the next day expecting to see her, and he's been in love with her since he was a little kid. And then he shows up to school the next day and she's gone. So he and his friends start this like road trip to find her. And then when he finds her, like he felt like she was leaving him clues. And he was, like, sneaking into her room and, like, doing all this stuff and, like, finding all these clues. Problematic. So so problematic. And so he's, like, searching for her, and they go on this road trip, and then when he finally finds her, she's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, but I found you. I saved you. Isn't that what you wanted? No, Yeah, and she's like, no. And she gets on this bus, and she leaves again. And in the book, he says, she was not an adventure. She was not a fine and precious thing. She was just a girl. And I feel like some people could see that as being like, just a girl. What do you mean?
0: No, I don't see it that way at all. She's I think it's important. She's, she's a human saying, being who did not exist for your, your she's adventure not an, she's your not an joy. Adventure. She's yeah. not this fine, precious, untouchable thing. No. She's a fucking person. She's just a girl. And what you did was creepy. Yes. And you need to, like, come yeah. to terms with that. Again, we've had this whole conversation when we talked about Say Anything, we've talked about all these other movies. It's like, Stalking. that's not romantic. And we need to readjust what our idea of what is romantic and what is not.
1: Yeah. Um. I've even had issues, like, lately with... God, I'm making myself sound like I was such this, like, player, which I totally wasn't. But I had this guy message me, like, a couple weeks ago who I haven't spoken to in, like five years mm-hmm. um, and I, I cut off all of my ex-relationships when Chris and I started getting serious because I felt like it was the right thing for me to do um, and we were not in a relationship but we like hooked up but he was again this makes me sound like I'm really full of myself but he really liked me so he sends me this like long message about like how I've never stopped thinking about you you deserve the best blah 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 blah, blah and like it's creepy to me because he went back and, like, liked all of these old photos and, like, to me, that's not romantic. I didn't I didn't respond because, to me, that's just showing that you're messaging me for your own, like, selfish, like, right. desire well, to feel something. I and then to go back and, like, look through all of my Instagram posts and to constantly be trying
0: to friend me on Facebook. Like, what he's that's done, not a cute look. What he's done is, and I think... A lot of us are guilty of this. I, like I know this is my therapy session. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, I know that I've been guilty of this, and I'm sure that a lot of people have been guilty of this. Like, there are people from your past who maybe you had some kind of, like, interaction with that was that special to you. meant a lot to you, yeah. And it meant a lot to you. And you can romanticize that person in your head. Right. And think that they are, like, this way or that way. And, and it guarantee it makes me feel you, good that maybe I helped him it, in some it way, It will make you but... feel good, but, like, the thing is, when you're on the other side of that when you meet them again they they're going to let you down because yeah. nothing can ever Live up to, to this idea that you you maybe had this amazing time with this person for yeah. a weekend or a month or several months and then lost contact with them and it's all been in your head yeah. about like what this person is like yeah. and I feel like that is the manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. I mean, the manic pixie dream girl is a manifestation of where your brain can go. In Five Hundred Days of Summer, he does it. You can fantasize about reality. yes, yeah. exactly about what this person is like. But when you do that, inevitably, even if you don't mean You're to, I down. do that. It's, it's, you're dissolving them down into a one or two dimensional idea. being. That it's yep. an idea. Yeah, And it's again, true.
1: I am not trying to fluff myself up and say that I'm some great person and all these guys are like, whatever, because I feel like that's totally how it sounds. And like, this is not a thing that happens to me on a daily basis, just by the way. But there have been a few instances where I feel that I have been affected by the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And I feel like in a way too, like it's not really doing Men much justice because it is teaching them a way of envisioning women uh, for being an idea instead of being people.
0: Right, and if Do you, you don't live up to, th- I, I totally yeah. agree, and I think if you don't live up to that then men have this idea that there must be something wrong with you. Yeah. And women have this idea that there must be something wrong with us, because yeah. why can't I just be this perfect? Yeah. And you you can't be. Or why can't I be quirky in a way that's cute and not off-putting? Yeah. You know, or why can't my my love of Belle and Sebastian manifest in other ways in my life that also make me this indie princess? Uh, and it, it Yeah, it, it that won't. doesn't make you into a stereotype.
1: That just makes you into a person.
0: Right. Yeah. And, into a really cool, interesting person. Yeah. You know, and not one that tells, like, offbeat jokes or does things that are, like, What you you think is cool,
1: somebody else in the world is also going to think it's cool and not just the idea of it being cool but because they actually really like you for who you are. And here's the thing. And that's why I always make the point, too, that I'm like, (laughs) I'm not that great. Like, I'm cool and I'm quirky and I'm weird but, like,
0: I don't associate with that trope
1: at all for myself. Well, I mean, and also
0: don't base your... Your love of someone or your like of someone, your infatuation with someone based on these kind of like outer markers, because I'm in the best relationship I've ever been in my life, and we are not only from like different generations, actually, yeah, but we're also like if if it was fifteen year old me, I'd be like, yeah, I want a fucking guy who's into the music that I'm into, and he's like artsy and he's kind of like, the opposite of what a manic pixie dream girl would want to be with. You know what I mean? That's what I want. That's what I'm going to end up with. But you cannot base your reality on those markers because at the end of the day, that's
1: not what matters the most. No, it's not. And honestly,
0: the idea that
1: that exists, that exactly, you know, like... Like, you're not going to be able to find the
0: perfect person or the person that fits exactly. Based on an ideal that's in your brain. Yeah. That would bore me. It would be very exciting for about two months. Yeah. Maybe. About a month, maybe. And then after that, you would be like, there's nothing interesting about you. There's nothing unexpected. Because that's what you want from life is this kind of, like, unexpected Yeah, you
1: know, I agree. I've got a couple examples here. Uh, An animated film example that I found was interesting but makes sense is Ellie in Up. If
0: Mm -hmm. you haven't seen
1: Up, she is very much the catalyst for why Carl has decided to go on an adventure. adventure Because she was adventurous and he was this quiet, shy guy and she opened him up. Not saying that it's a bad thing that this woman opened him up. It was a very good thing. but But for the sake of the movie... She was a of pixie dream girl. Uh, we talked about Kirsten Dunst in Elizabeth Town, there's Katherine Hepburn and bringing up Baby, which is a very classic. I've never seen Bring Baby. I've never seen it either, but I've heard I've heard of the
0: film. You've got the other Hepburn.
1: And Audrey Hepburn, Ad- and Breakfast Audrey Hepburn at at Tiffany's. in Breakfast at
0: Tiffany's and in Roman Holiday. Yep. Both yep. of
1: those. We have Clementine in Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. And which you, you know what? About.
0: I would also argue Winona Ryder in Reality Bites it's yeah. a different kind, it's more of an edgy less of like a fluffy Winona Ryder, yeah, I feel
1: like was kind of like the 90s Manic Pixie Dream Girl right. In and, a way. Right, and
0: I feel like Manic Pixie Dream Girls have evolved, right? Like yeah. I feel like you have old school ones, it's slowly there was actually an article that I skimmed through uh, called Why Are Manic Pixie Dream Girls Getting Dumber? Yeah. Bec- but again, it's very problematic because they're associating intelligence with girliness. They're saying it's fluffier it's glitterier, mm-hmm. it's 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 quirkier in the Zoe Deschanel way, whereas yeah nineties they were edgier yeah but it was still swooping in to fulfill that like fantasy. Yeah you know I even I mean? see like
1: even though this is not a romantic film when I would watch Girl Interrupted Yeah and I would see Angelina Jolie and Manona Ryder to me there was even a sense of like they were the cool girl and they were They're you know, a cool they girl were fantasy. Tarnished. Yeah. yeah. Because they were damaged Right And that made them Desirable in some way And they had You know They talked about Their relationship with men And things like that In the movie as well But I'm yeah, not we'll, saying We'll have a cool girl episode Yeah that, definitely that's something
0: As well yeah. So
1: we talked about literature A little bit with John Green But also Did you ever read Stargirl When you were no. little? <gasps> Keegan reads Stargirl It's a kid's book But it's so good Bye like, It's like a young young adult Just been, um... It doesn't matter Go ahead No it totally matters Keegan You have to read it Hold on this was one of my favorite books in middle school. Jerry Spinelli.
0: It looks vaguely familiar.
1: Right? It's Jerry Spinelli
0: sounds familiar.
1: You me. should read it. It's really good. If you guys haven't read Stargirl, even though this is the whole Manic Pixie Dream Girl kind of thing, it is incredibly, it's it's an incredibly good book it, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Maybe I'll, I would read it now and be totally pissed off at it. But when I read it as a young girl, I loved it. Also, uh, Sam and Perks of Being a Wallflower.
0: It's yeah, very much Amanda Kissy sure. Dream
1: Girl. Again, I love that book. Um, that is actually kind of ties into... I love we were, that book, too. When we were talking about, you know, we just did an episode. We just recorded The Red Pill earlier today. Yeah. Um, that episode that we did. Talking about abuse in men. And that, you know, for me, opened up another door to understanding that. And then in theater, something that I never really thought about, Maria in The Sound of Music is kind of a Manic Pixie Dream girl.
0: I don't know. Because okay. she helps open the minds she, of... She does, and she's kind of like this artsy girl. But but here's where we start getting into where earlier we mentioned that he... That it could be a trap. Right. Like, yeah. earlier we mentioned because that... Because the... she is the main character, and usually main characters can't be it. Well, I mean, you can be, but I, I think for me, like, earlier we mentioned that the the author who coined the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl then later went on to regret it because everything fell into that trap. Mm -hmm. And I do think we do kind of need to, like, narrow our gaze into something a little bit more specific than than any girl who swoops in to kind of, like, teach any guy any lesson. Um, Yeah. You know, because... I mean, but, made, like... She didn't disappear into a cloud of She smoke, didn't. You know what I she, mean? She, was a, she stuck around, and he really did love her, but she did change him, so I feel like that's why people are seeing it that way. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's what I mean, is that I feel like our scope has now gotten so large yeah. as to what we accept as to being this or that, you know? What do you think about the characters in Rent? Like Mimi, Angel,
1: Maureen. Uh,
0: man. Gosh, that's a good question. Having just said that I feel like we need to narrow the scope of it a bit, I... I would say if anyone was going to be a manic pixie dream girl in rent, I would actually say it, would, it was Angel. Yeah, I think so too. You know what I mean? Because she did swoop in, she kind of completely changed the way that her partner felt about life really wanted him to enjoy life yeah. and, and then embrace she life. And then she, she served her purpose and disappeared.
1: Yeah, you know and I mean? her and her ideas and her legacy lived on as being this perfect thing yeah. because she died. And I don't yeah. want to
0: say... I, I know, I feel like we've come across this pretty hard on the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and I do want to say that I believe that this trope kind of came about as a reason. It It, did. it came about because for so long we were seeing women as such prim, proper, like, housewife types or the opposite of that, where it was, like, raging, lonely, like, spinster bitches or whatever. And there wasn't a lot that was in between that. Yeah, we had to normalize the quirky girl. We had to normalize the quirky girl. We had to make it okay for you to be a little weird and a little off and, like, march to the beat of your own drum. And so I think that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl does serve that purpose. And I'm grateful for that. I am. I just think we also need to see how it puts both men and women into this weird trap <laughs> right like, you have to at
1: least understand what you're watching when you're watching it because to me it's kind of like problematic faves and we were talking right. about John Lennon and Taylor Swift enjoy those movies yeah it doesn't mean enjoy you can't enjoy, enjoy those it. books agreed but at least see them from the perspective of the fact that it could possibly be
0: problematic in some ways and you know you don't have to fulfill that fantasy for anybody like you it's, should just be who you, who you who are it's a
1: movie yeah. it's you know especially when it comes to fiction you're it's supposed to take you away from reality yeah. okay. And we want you to be dreamers. I'm not saying stick your yeah. head into reality keep and only. Keep dancing in only. the rain. Yeah. Keep
0: dancing in the rain. Dream keep... about the perfect girl or dream about yeah. the perfect guy. Keep that you buying want to be those with.
1: vintage-esque
0: dresses, man. Yeah. I love that shit. I Do think it's amazing.
1: You... Yeah. Don't just, you know, enjoy the mystical, magical life of literature,
0: movies, right. of life but, in general. But both but men don't... and women understand that you can be a fully three-dimensional actualized human being person who has good days and bad days
1: and still be quirky right and And still
0: have that aesthetic that you think is so cool and fun and men also like yeah understand that the girl that you're with is not an idea she's not a concept she's a person i wonder this again just
1: came into my head i wonder why they they call them just manic because they're crazy and quirky?
0: I think because they're they're a little all over the place. They're a little like, you know, here, there and everywhere. You yeah. know, I think that's why they say it. But it does evoke... And then Pixie
1: to me when I think of it, is, like the short hair, tiny, petite.
0: Well they a lot child-like... of them do have that they have that kind of energy. Yeah. A and... child like when I read, Playful. he he did talk about why he used the term pixie. I wish I had written it down, um, but I think it was it was because it was kind of like it's the magical negro trope, right? It's like it's fantastical. It's like he they they swoop in and they they but they're are manic. magical and but they're manic because they're they have so much energy all over the place and they're yeah. usually playing to a straight man, right? They're pl- not not straight as in as sexuality, but they're playing to like a um, serious guy, yeah. right? You know, like in comedy, they say there's like there's the comedian and then there's a the straight man the person who's who's there to like help move the story along right yeah and the manic pixie dream girl is playing to that they're playing to a guy who's like the wording is so
1: interesting yeah
0: manic pixie dream girl it's like the crazy girl yeah it is yeah but it's it's good crazy though yeah you know what i mean it's not crazy crazy yeah that's why i said you know be quirky but don't be weird don't be too don't be too quirky yeah Don't have an actual mental illness, (laughs) then you've crossed a line. Don't be crazy ex girlfriend where you actually have like BPD. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, (sighs) it's it's an interesting thing. It's such an inter. I could probably talk about this forever. It's it's such an interesting thing. But I feel like we made
1: some good points I feel like this was a nice like therapy session for me to be able to like air out some of my grievances with yeah. like, men in my life so yeah. thank you for that listeners and to Keegan you're welcome
0: um, well with that said if you have any stories that you want to share with us agreed please please email us we love getting your stories email us at neighborhoodfeminist at com find us on Instagram because that's where shit goes down that's where we're at most of the time Um, our Instagram is at Angry Neighborhood Feminist you can get us on Twitter at Yamp Podcast Y-A-N-F Podcast Podcast. Um, you can get us on Facebook both our business page and our Facebook group Uh, join us Um, you know contribute to the discussion we want to hear your thoughts on these things we want to know what it was like for you growing up in the time of the manic pixie dream girl yeah because it was an interesting time for us to grow up definitely you know I don't know. Do you have anything else? Um, Remember to rate and review us on iTunes.
1: That helps us out a lot on the business standpoint. And um, send in your sister solidarity stories. Send us your coming out stories. Send us. Yeah, we're still getting coming out stories. It's great. Yeah, we are. I mean, just send us fucking anything, guys. Yeah, just, we just want to hear from you. Yeah, t- tell us your opinions about the episodes you've heard. What's tell your us favorite Bella and input? Sebastian song? Let me know. <laughs> I want to know. Oh, man. Guys, I love you. Okay, so I guess, you know, let's just wrap this shit up. Yes. Yeah. With that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. Bye.